Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording after one of the biggest wins in UCLA basketball history. Modern history. Modern Cron- history. Cronin history. For sure. Decade Cronin history. history. It's yeah. a short history, but a good history. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's history for those new uh, Kentucky fans and all those other blue bloods and people who are telling us. That we're not a blue blood, so it's, it's, and now we're welcome back to the blue blood table. Anyways, I throw shade and we're back, um, back in the final four where we solely right. I can't believe it. Yep, I think we're second on the list of most final four appearances. Is that right? Uh, right behind Correct. North Carolina. North Carolina. I think they have twenty and we have eighteen. Exactly. Not counting vacated ones. Yeah, someone's. I, I've seen eighteen and nine. I've seen nineteen and eighteen, and I'm inclined to say nineteen just because I like uh, counting vacated final fours. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when you know it vacated anything. I mean, you can't take off the champagne and celebration. It's still there. So, um, but yeah, I, we have eighteen officially, which puts us at second. I think Kentucky's right behind us, um, but supposedly we're not blue blood. Anyways, I digress. We have won. We beat, we took down number one, Michigan. We've done it. Um, Michigan was probably seen as, what would you say, the third best team in the country or fourth? Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, according to the media, right, it was, they're the Big Ten champion, a.k.a. that means they're God's gift to the world. And they were a good team. I mean, look, Let's not take anything away from Michigan. Like they, the offense that they ran all season and really coming into the tournament was a buzzsaw. Like they were firing on all cylinders. I mean, we saw what they did to FSU uh, the game before. And FSU is a pretty good team, and that was without their their one of their best players, Livers, out for the the rest of the tournament and. Even without him, I mean, look, they were bigger, stronger, more athletic, whatever you want to say across the, the, the board um, than, than our team. But what they just didn't have was just the toughness that we, we've somehow come to impersonate um, in college basketball now. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I didn't think we were going to win, but... We'd somehow we pulled it off, and it, it's like it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I went ahead and, and took a leap of faith the day of, as uh, on uh, you know per Zed's request, and I'm glad that I am on what a four game winning streak. I don't know; it's yeah. actually longer because I call it the lo- the losses in the regular season. After Colorado, we lost. I've been I've been saying we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose. Now we're gonna win, we're gonna win, we're gonna win. Um, it's just been, yeah, that flow. I, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy for, for personal reasons, for UCLA, for, for, for pride and ego. And you've gone from being the laughing stock of predicting games in our friend group to the Oracle. It's I, honestly as impressive of a turnaround as this basketball team has been. Yeah. I would say that the UCLA basketball team is my spirit animal. And we both ride on, and we're trying to. We're just so close. We're two wins away from the championship. I might retire then, might declare for another, you know, for a professional uh, predictions. And that doesn't include gambling. But no, this was great. It was a good game. 
I I actually found it, and maybe I'm a little biased because I'm watching with my team in there and my school in there, but I thought it was an enjoyable game of just defense and toughness. Uh, it was it was crazy to see. Like, there's 11 minutes, and the score is what? It was like 12 to 4, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this – obviously, someone's going to break through, and hopefully it's us, but – yeah, I, I was concerned throughout the whole game. Ju Zhang, you know, was scoring all our buckets to begin with. Um, and I was like, this is not sustainable. But, you know, Hakez had a put back maybe in that and when it was like 12 to, to 14 and or 15. And then, you know, slowly the rest of the team just came around. Tiger hit some really key shots when we needed them. And they were shots that were like, you know, a three-pointer that uh, an off-ball point guard would hit. Um, and I was glad to see that he took him without hesitancy. He had a step back that looked very Chris Paul-like over Hunter. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think on Howard's side that he should have played Hunter a little bit more. Uh, it, it was it was really crazy to see that Nwuba was able to contain him with his charges. Uh, but also, not even that. We just denied them and made them flinch just a bit enough not for them to get Hunter the ball in time to put him at advantage of scoring. Um, and our team, I mean, yeah, we had more fouls than Michigan, but I was very impressed by just the help that we had. Hawkes had, you know, a block from behind on a transition bucket. Um, you also had Riley just putting up his hands on, on one of them. And, and granted, he didn't play the best defensive game, but he came around and hit some shots when he was needed. Like, I think Cronin just masterfully made the just adjustments. He wasn't stubborn. He saw that he needed and he even got Mack in. You know, when those other two were in foul trouble and he put them in shortly for a few possessions and it helped like it was it was key, you know, and I I just I, I am very impressed and I, I'm so it, it is fascinating to see like Cronin, you know, workshop the team throughout the season. But also see that he is willing to take risk, you know, and he's able to make adjustments for each team and it it. it it makes me feel comfortable. Obviously, I've been a big Cronin fan. I think we all have since the moment he stepped on campus in that first presser. But just to see where he's taken this team in his first tourney run, uh, it, it's it's remarkable. And uh, I'm glad that he's done it here at UCLA. Uh, and I'm glad to see you know our team, who's just full of so many characters, who have frustrated. Some have frustrated me and Zed to the point of just like, oh yeah, why are these guys <laughs> playing this ba- you know basketball? And, and you know, a lot of us, well, a lot of us have 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 grown frustrated with some of them. But regardless of that, they have worked their tails off, and it's cool to see um, them celebrate. I mean, Westwood was burning last night, and literally, and and. <laughs> I think that's it's fun to see a preview of what would maybe happen if we win a championship. Good, good lord! I mean, it's been thirteen years, and we want we get to the final four. We still have two games left, but yeah, it's just like it, it speaks to like a relief of of things that you know the expectations that are set for UCLA fans. I think it takes some. A, a big monkey off of Cronin's shoulders and gives him, you know, a few years to get back to that. Whether we get back to it next year or you know whatever runs we have. But holy shit, Zed, I owe you a jersey. I'm like, you do owe me a jersey. We um, we made this specifically bet. a Jordan brand jersey, so you have some time. Yeah, I I I will not even begrudgingly send this to you or deliver it to you personally. <laughs> but 
I, I, I'm just joyous. I'm like, wow. We Just to let everybody know the background on the bet. Um, the bet was, uh, because I am very high on UCLA football just breaking through, because that's what that is. And You're the eternal I, optimist. Eternal optimist, but I also thought that Cronin just, he would need his guys to make a deep run in the tournament. It was not, not a knock against Cronin. But more so the where I was seeing UCLA football going, uh, given their their uh, their experience and whatnot, returning production, I made a bet with Zed that Kelly would make a Rose Bowl, you know, in the heat of the moment because I was tested, would make a Rose Bowl <laughs> before Cronin, um, would would make the Final Four, you know, and this, this was, was like three weeks ago too, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, it, and then I went ahead and just kept predicting that we we're gonna win, you know, against my own interest of of just this bet. And obviously, that's small fries compared to the fact that we won. And I, yeah, this is it's just a small footnote, but it is it's a big jersey that Zed's gonna get. And um, look, I would have been happy to have eaten crow on my end if we had gotten to Rose Bowl first, anyway. So. Well, let me say this. Can we add... It's a win-win situation for us, right? Can I throw a wrench in this? If we make the Rose Bowl in 2021, could you still owe me a jersey? So we'll both... Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, cool. Now, it wouldn't be that one either or. It'll just be both. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So I would get a football jersey. I'll throw that in. Yeah, so hopefully a lot of this good juju can, can fall over with the basketball team. But yeah... I mean, it's just it's champagne and it's confetti over here. Like I, I'm very happy. I know we have two games left, but we have a tough Gonzaga team. Um, how are you feeling about them? Look, I'll be honest. I I haven't looked ahead to that team at all. I've been just kind of focused on watching game highlights from last night, watching all the the team pressers um, from both Michigan and UCLA. Um, and 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 I do want to just quickly shout out Juwan Howard, who I think is a very good coach and um, very very gracious in his presser last night. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. He, you know, while there's this, I think very stupid narrative going on amongst a lot of Michigan fans and the media about how Michigan would have won if they made their shots, um, but. There's a reason they didn't make their shots, and it's because you know we were just the more physical team who came in and just threw them off their game uh, last last night. So so you know just kind of take the the narrative of taking the game away from the win, kind of away from Michigan or from UCLA, and saying Michigan shot itself and it, the foot is really not fair to our guys. And I do just appreciate Juwan Howard actually taking the time and being like, look, they beat us fair and square. They played a very good team, and all credit goes to them. So I just uh, just wanted to, to point that out. But I, I really haven't looked, looked ahead at, at Gonzaga too much. Um, I just I think this is such a obviously a rare, rare thing for it to happen um, for for us since we've been so jaded and it's been 13 years but really for any any team right and any big name program even the blue Bloods, just getting to a final four is, is always a big accomplishment and in my opinion that's really all you can ask for of a coach and of a team to get to this point because when you are in the final four now you do have regardless of who you're playing there's always now a chance to get into the final um 
And I think that's all you can really, in this kind of format, uh, this one game elimination format, you get your shot to get to the final is, is all you can ask for. Um, obviously, we all want to win the championship, and I, I don't know if we will this year or not, but we have a shot to. And again, everyone is counting us out again, and I just I don't know why anyone would at this point. It's, it's just been the same narrative since the very beginning, right? And we talked about this in the last episode. Hey, Tom Izzo is the coach against Michigan State. UCLA has no chance. Um, Abilene Christian plays this, or BYU uh, is too good of a three-point shooting team, and they have a seven-footer. UCLA has no chance. The Abilene Christian uh, plays a crazy defense that no one has can figure out, and UCLA definitely will not be able to win against them. Alabama's too athletic and shoots too many threes. They can't beat a, They can't beat them. And now it was Michigan is just too physical and too large. For UCLA to handle, and so there's going to be that same. It's that same narrative going into Gonzaga, right? Uh, you know, Gonzaga again runs a very, very efficient offense, plays good defense. They have way more talent than really almost anybody else in the country does. They have like three or four surefire NBA guys on that roster. Um, so yeah, we're going to be an underdog, and everyone's already counting us out again. But I, I just think that's foolish to do so at this point because we've we've been playing against those odds every single game and we've sort of thrown up middle fingers to everybody with every win, um, and and it goes. I think it's just going to be a similar game plan. Really, it's we've been calling Mick muck it up Mick because he's just been able to to just throw everybody off their game. He did it. We did it against Bama. Um, you know, we got Herb Jones in, in foul trouble and we're just more physical and wanted it more. And we did the same thing against uh, Michigan last night. If you watch the replay, um, on every defensive position, we are hitting Dickinson. We are just, like, even if the guy is smaller than him, whoever is on him is just chipping into him, just getting, just trying to get, wear him out and wear the, all those guys out. And, and it showed, I think, missed free throws down the stretch for Michigan. That wasn't just because they're bad at free throws That's or whatever you want to say, or they missed them. They missed those because we tired and worn them out. Um, and that, that just mucking up the game plan for Michigan worked. And I think looking at Gonzaga, we're probably going to do something similar. And I haven't, again, I haven't looked at their stats. I haven't really, I've watched them play multiple times. I watched them a little bit yesterday, um, thrashing USC, which, again, I was very happy about. I know some people were doing the whole back-to-pack thing, and good for them, but not not me. Um, and I watched them play that, and they just absolutely thrashed them. So, yeah, they're really good. I haven't looked that I, I know that much and I haven't looked further into it, but I'm not counting us out again. Um I um it's funny you mentioned USC, so I, they lose, they don't make the final four again. Um and what's this is their deepest run since what, seventy six or something? 
And uh, they haven't made the Final Four since 1954. We didn't even mention them, but yeah, you're right. I, I like to call this um, yesterday a flawless day uh, when we went <laughs> and they lose, you know. And um, and so it's it's I watched that game beforehand. I don't know if you had a chance to watch bits of it, but Gonzaga is going to be tough. Don't get me wrong. Let's let's you know, let's get ahead of it and, and say it like their team moves with the ball. They move like an NBA offense um, from, you know, interior to perimeter. They're very smart. They're very well coached. They have experience. They have big men. They have a big shooting guard. It is going to be a challenge on all fronts. But um, on that front, I also think that we tend to assess these games from a point of bias that is clouded by, again, ignoring the notion that this is a college basketball game and not an NBA playoff series. And game ones, even in the NBA playoffs, tend to, to go you know either way, um, depending on the emotion that teams come out with and the pressure and everything. And Gonzaga going against history and the fact that these are 19 to 23-year-olds that are playing – there's a lot of emotional toll on them, not as much as there is with us, you know, and we've done well with playing the underground, uh, having the underdog hat on. But, yeah, I mean, it, it very much when people are saying they have we have a 10 percent chance to win. I just think, you know, it's it's hard to put percentages on any of this and it's going to be a college basketball game. And that's why we play them. Um, and so I like our chances. I also the more I see the adjustments that Cronus make, like you said, mucking it up. Um Cronin, I'm I'm just I I'm excited to see what he does against this team because they have a lot of weapons, but he's shown that he's able to make lemonade. Um, and so far that lemonade has been very sweet and has gotten us to the final four. So, I think we very much have a chance. Um, I like that we have a few days of rest. Uh, you know, to get over the celebration, hopefully get back to practice. I think I don't get know. Get Johnny's ankles uh, iced up. Iced up, making sure they're taped next game so he doesn't tweak them. Um, and and Bernard too. I know he's been been battling some injuries too. He he looked like he had no lift on his shot last night too. So he's clearly clearly battling through something. Yeah, he, that one shot where he airballed it was just like oh. Gosh, I my frustration <laughs> with Bernard is that I'm going to say with our team is we got to learn how to draw fouls. There's too many missed opportunities where we let Michigan, the, the, the follower, come and, and block the ball. And I think it's because we didn't sell the foul on, on the drive. And uh, I so and I think those are easy buckets, even if we split those free throws that put us at advantage. So that goes for you, Jules, Jules, as well. Like when he drove, he got penetration and then he did a step back. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I get it. It's the elbow. You make that shot in practice. But this is a game where you have high pressure. You're going to airball it rather than just going to up against the man and try to get a foul. And maybe you're right. Yeah. It has to do with with injury, you know, concerns, but uh, I mean, no, I, I, I agree with that. And, and I think, you know, a lot of it was just these games, how they were being called too, right? They were just not a lot of fouls being called. There was a lot of contact often and, and guys just weren't getting the, there was a lot of no calls on and ones and things like that. So I don't know if that just incentivized players from doing that, but Jaime is, Always been very good at drawing contact. I think what one thing that uh, Johnny does incredibly well um, is when his jump shot isn't dropping, 
he is very crafty at getting to the basket and getting one or two shots in that way, and then we'll start firing. He did that last night that, you know, when we were down seven in the first half, when he sparked the offense, I mean, he was the entire offense, he went and drove the ball, got that little floater to go, and then started tearing them up from the three-point line because they were they were scared he was going to drive again. And he saw the shot go in, and he got his confidence back. And I would like to see the other guys kind of do that as well a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was things that frustrated me last night, but for the most part, our defense just kept us in it. And Michigan obviously missed a lot of shots, but I think that has to do with defense. Anybody who hasn't played like a tough game of basketball has, does not understand that the energy that you're outputting, um, you know, outside of the highlights and the jump shots really affect those moments. It's really about conditioning and toughness. Like that stuff affects your shot. And the, if these guys are off these games like Brooks and, and the other players who, you know, John Johns, I mean, Johns Jr. like and Smith, like they're missing shots, not because they're just broke or some bad luck. It's because the game has worn on them. Um, that is our yeah, team. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is it is interesting to hear Bama fans and Michigan fans. And maybe that's just because these guys are football schools and they don't really understand um, <laughs> what it's like to win at a high level in basketball. And they think that they tend to think that, you know, it, it's just I don't I don't get it. Um, what's other, uh, another thing is to throw shade is that Arizona. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. You know, just I'm glad you guys are able to watch us. Um, and see that Cronin, you know, arch rival of Miller, was able to take his team to the Final Four in his first tourney run, something that Miller has not done yet. So, yeah, shout out to Arizona for being uh, great fans and, and great supporters. Oh, the, the Arizona um, fan uh, boards and their beat writers, I know, have been very much um, denigrating Cronin for the last year and this is a <laughs> this has just got to be salt in the wound nobody nobody in that fan base or or their their writers had any faith in this happening and and this is just must it's just so sweet to be able to to shove this in their their face now um yeah, some of their qu- yeah. quotes are just it just it's so salty. So it, it's beautiful to see. Um, on the other side, there's other schools in the Pac-12 that supported us and and backed us, and they're not so resentful of their own you know shortcomings. They're mostly so self-inflicted, um, right? Similar, you know, that Arizona is. So, anyways, this is this is great to see. I love you know where our team is. I am. I it I, feels feels right. Yeah. No. If, yeah, it feels right. That's what I was going to say. It feels like the basketball universe has kind of gotten back to the correct status quo now. Within the Pac-12, but also just within the basketball landscape, or college basketball landscape at least, you know, it, 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 it feels like UCLA is back to it being recognized as the blue blood, as a premier brand in the, in the game. Um, you know, getting back to winning and playing these big time games and just showing up for them. Um, 
you know, obviously this isn't this wasn't done overnight. It's been the last two seasons, but it really does feel like that monkey is all of a sudden off our back in one game. That UCLA was this, you know, faded glory type thing. It, it feels like the sheen is back um, with the name, and it it feels good, man. It's just, it's uh, yeah. It, I really was convinced. I was never before Cronin that we would never see. UCLA make another Final Four ever again. Um, and even kind of at the tail end of this season, the, the frustration was setting in and those feelings were sort of starting to come back, though I was still convinced the long-term, you know, the longevity and the, the trajectory of the of Cronin's coaching would pay off. But I, I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. Um and it's it's fun. It's fun to be a UCLA basketball fan again. It, it really is. It doesn't feel painful anymore. Um, obviously, now there's going to be expectations going forward, right? It's uh, especially it's with the gonna, talent rolling in. It's right, especially with the talent rolling in. Um, but right now, I think it just it's. I don't even want to think about the future um, beyond the next game. I just it's just fun enjoying the current current feeling um and and watching those guys who who have just worked their asses off the last two years and it's finally paying off for them um and even guys you know i want to shout out guys like chris smith who you know this season has got to be somewhat a bittersweet for him to not actually be able to play, but I, I, I will say he's he's still very much part of this team and he deserves to be recognized for being that guy on the bench. He always seems to be the first one cheering for everyone, um, staying engaged with them in practices and you know helping out in whatever way he can. He, he doesn't need to do that and it's just a testament to him and I think it's a testament to Coach Cronin and how much these guys love him and this the rest of his coaching staff. I don't know if you saw there was a video um, of the post game celebration yesterday, and it was like all the guys cheering on the floor and and I think Coach Cronin was giving the the presser interview on the the court right after the game, and on the sideline on the bench still. Um, Chris Smith was hugging, I think it was Savino or Michael Lewis, one of the bald guys. <laughs> the whole coaching staff is bald, so it's hard to tell. Um, and the dude was just hugging him and just bawling on the side. And it was like, you just watch that and you're like, this team really cares, even for the guys who can't play and they're just trying to contribute what they can on the side. Like, they really care. And I think that's just a testament to the culture that's being installed by the coach and it's exciting to to think about how that's going to manifest itself even more when we get more recruits here completely agree it's it's been an elite coaching job by mccronan i say even for the first two years and and what he's dealt with because uh, he's had his lulls and it hasn't been you know pristine in a sense of the regular season but um everything that he's done now has just completely exponentially taken to a different level and what he's overcome. It's been a tough road for UCLA to go through a, a first four game against a Michigan State, which was very much a team that's beaten some teams like Michigan. And 
um, other top teams in the Big Ten, so they were no slouch. You know, and then to go against the BYU team, that was uh, pesky, but we put them away fairly confidently. And then I guess the only really lucky break we got was Abilene Christian, who we just completely dominated in size. Uh, but we beat two number two team in Alabama. And I I don't I wouldn't even write Abilene Christian off because you know they might be undersized or you know they don't have a bunch of four or five star guys, but they play a style of of basketball that is you know not common and bothers teams and you know give them credit like they they deserve to be in that spot to play against us and could have beaten us on a on a given day. I think that's gets lost in this tournament is that you I, people put too much emphasis on the seeds and the numbers next to the names. And if you're in the tournament, it you need one game to win and anybody can beat anybody. It doesn't matter if it's Abilene Christian or if it's, you know, UCLA, like if it's the number one seed or the number 15 seed, like, yes, those things, you know, generally do fall along those trend lines, but yeah, on a given day, like anyone can beat anybody. Um, so I just, yeah, I, um, I, I agree. I'm going to use those numbers to prop up UCLA with those, the number two seed and the number one Michigan. And now we're taking on another (laughs) number one team. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it it has been a tough road and I, it, it just speaks to Cronin's, you know, coaching when you said it, like Abilene, just forced a ton of turnovers versus Texas and versus us. We handled the ball well, um, and we cruised on that. But that also speaks to, like, how we adjusted with each team. I love that every team that you just mentioned along the way, we were, we were given doubts and reasons why we wouldn't win, and we went ahead and win with our own style, and that just speaks to, to Cronin's, like, ability. I mean, it's just been a masterful job. And yeah, like you said, I'm not even worried about the future. I think Gonzaga, we we a little bit previewed it, but it's just it's gonna go how it goes. But regardless, Mick has has everything's a bonus from here, and it's yeah, it's, it's been really refreshing. And you know, as you can tell, we're all relieved over here. I think all we can say about this next game is that we will compete, and it's not that we're not gonna just fold over and kind of be like, well, they're the number one overall seed and they're really good. They do, they're going to win. Let's just pack it in. Like, I have faith that Cronin is going to muck it up, muck it up Mick, stay true to that name. And I have faith in our guys that they're going to go out there and play as hard as humanly possible um, and just be as disruptive as they possibly can and whether that translates into a win this time or not, I don't know. But I, we have a shot. And that's all anyone can hope for at this point in this tournament. That's all we can hope for. Um, but, yeah, go Bruins. Hell of a win. Go Bruins. Hell, hell of a week. Um, it's always nice when you get to April and you're still playing. So that, that's always <laughs> the goal um, for this it team. It really is. It is. I, I didn't think we'd be talking or about a UCLA basketball game in April this year. So, um, you know, I, I know it's March March 31st, but the fact that we were playing a game in April is just, uh, it's a miracle. <laughs> it really, really feels that way. Um, 
I think but, it also. I'm gonna just to go back on Cronin um, real quick and compare him to Alfred. Alfred took he was an 11th seed UCLA Bruins and he took him to the Sweet 16 and they played Gonzaga, and that team lost by 12 in 2015. And this was a team that had Powell and Kevin Looney, Tony Parker, who I believe was a junior or senior by then, um, Isaac Hamilton, Thomas Thomas Welsh, who wasn't the Thomas Welsh we knew. Um, yet, but you know, on his way, uh, and a lot of NBA talent. A lot of NBA talent. I mean, Powell had you know his typical game of sixteen points, and Looney, you know, and as a freshman, had his nine and eight. But um, it just it it was a different team in terms of makeup. But you also see like eleventh seed for both Bruin teams and different results, and how you know this coach has really built a foundation and it's very much sustainable. It's something we've said over and over. And yeah, I mean, if this is the result, I mean, I'm all in and I'm so happy that he's the coach and, uh, and coach for, you know, hopefully a long term. Yeah, it is. It's, it's refreshing to see that. It's refreshing. You know, I think one of the hesitations with Cronin was he, in the past, he's said stuff that people perceived as throwing players under the bus when things go wrong and him taking all the credit when things go right. And I, I, I haven't seen any actual evidence of this ever manifesting at UCLA so far. I mean, you look at his, even his presser last night, he literally said, I don't deserve any get credit. Like, this is all on the, the players. Like, these guys went out there and did this, not me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's rare to have a coach who actually can do both of kind of the, the schmoozing and being a good personality media wise, um, and fan wise, but also have the right coaching chops. Um, and he seems to be the rare combination of both. And the players seem to love him. If you look at like Johnny Juzang's, um, uh, presser last night after the game, he talked about coming from Kentucky to UCLA and why he came there. And a lot of it was he was just drawn to Coach Coach Cronin and his, you know, genuine care for the players, but also his vision and how he would make Johnny a better player, a tougher player. Uh, and and those guys seemed to like really love him. Um, and again, it goes back, like we use the Chris Smith example, he, he's still with the team because I think he just really genuinely loves this group of guys and the coach. And so having a coach that can do all those things, I think, I, I don't think we've had that, honestly, like since John Wooden, it feels like that everyone just seems to love. And, you know, you think about Howland and, you know, I, I loved Ben Howland as a coach. I thought he's an excellent coach, and he was a very similar type of guy of um, coaching-wise and X's and O's schematically, like, very tough defensively. But he also, like, he was never a player's coach. The players never played for him. Um, he rubbed fans the wrong way. He was a little bit gruff and tumble. Like, the media didn't always like him. Uh, and, and Cronin brings all of that toughness and grit and whatnot, but he also brings that other kind of personality side to it as well with fans, media, and the players. And it's it's a rare thing to get, and I think it's it's what UCLA honestly needed, and 
it's it's paying off in dividends already. Yeah, so we, we love we love the egg. We love the egg. That's it, this is pretty much turned into episode of us just. Um, <laughs> How do I say it in the most swooning, uh, swooning appropriate over version? Cronin. Yeah, <laughs> I would have used other words, but yeah, we love we love Cronin. Um, so yeah. Um, other than that, is there anything else we should talk about? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, the world was set on fire last night for us, at least in the Bruin world. Um, yeah, nothing else. Nothing else matters right now. We'll just keep it at this. We have a game Saturday. Um, it is at 5.34 uh, PT, I believe. It's, is, is this CBS or TBS? Um, good question. I will... I think it's CBS. It's on, it's on one of the... It's on CBS, and so... Yeah, and it'll be after the Baylor and Houston game, so if you see that on, do not panic, because uh, our game is the later one. But exciting times. I, I'm, I'm just excited for the game, but I'm also loving where we are right now. And I'm going to enjoy these next few days. I'm waiting on pins and needles for your prediction for this one. Yeah, again, we, you know, we got to... Oh, another thing is we're adding on a charm, you know. So if, if you listen to our past episodes, we've had the first charm was Brother Geese, right? Um, and him showing up. But then we also have to add Father Hep right and father have cronin joining and then the third one is zed stinky shirt which smells even worse and, and oh it, man it, <laughs> i it's sitting next to me on a chair and i can smell it from here <laughs> yeah so that one is you know going strong and then the fourth one we added today is uh martin jarman obviously has been to four final fours you know in the past and three of them being with michigan state and one with ohio state so uh, yeah, maybe there's some just a good mix. Uh, there's a good recipe for, for charms. And as we mentioned, Michigan didn't have that. I'm not sure what Gonzaga has. Uh, but it, it, I think we have a lot of things going our way. Let me see if they fall in place and all the stars align on Saturday. And we should be in a good spot. Gonzaga just has a bunch of fans who apparently refused to wear masks last game. <laughs> That's the lucky charm. That sounds like the opposite. But again, they're playing SC, so, you know, it probably doesn't help. I mean, it probably helps against them. I don't know anything about their fan base, aside from, like, any time they showed Gonzaga fans in the stands in the game yesterday. They were all all not wearing masks, which I thought was kind of funny, being from a rural part of Washington. So, um yeah, I, 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 I'm confident our lucky charms um, will beat out their lucky charms. Agreed. Um, so let's check it out. Uh, and then with that, we are going to sign off. Uh, keep this one short or relatively short versus the other ones. But yeah, tune in on Saturday. Um, be safe out there. Celebrate safely. Uh, yes, please, please do that. Um, make sure you don't drink too much. Order tequila shots appropriately. Uh, Wear your mask if you're in Westwood burning <laughs> things in the street, please. Yeah. yeah, and make sure on Saturday wear whatever you wore yesterday for the Michigan game and Alabama because we all need to just be in uniform for this one. It's going to be yeah, a tough no, one. Yeah, no jinxing. This is a David and Goliath. It's been that way. So, and uh, we're loving it. So let's slay the giant. Again, another one. Another one. DJ Khaled, another one. 
<laughs> Major key. Well, all right, we're going to sign off on that note. Uh, follow us at Bruins Source and go Bruins. Go Bruins.